Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Man in the Post Weekend Review Show. I'm your host, Ali, and with me, as always, we have Simon and Dave. How are we, chaps? Very well, thank you. Oh, the very best. Well, it's a, it's a very pleasant weekend for the, <laughs> for, the, for the three of us tonight. Um, I'm not sure this has happened very often. <laughs> I don't think it has all season. To, to be fair, it's, it's me who normally lets the side down on this front, but... <laughs> I don't know. This this season, I've been I've been I've been quite quite beside you most of the week. Um, well, Dave, we'll, we'll start off at yourself. Um, a a two dollar away victory against the the mighty Everton. The mighty mighty Everton. Um, I mean, this was surprising. Obviously, no one really saw this coming because we've been at death's door really for a few weeks now, and it was kind of a question of when Bruce would get sacked. And instead, we took the radical approach of appointing another coach. <laughs> who, who to work allegedly alongside him um, but read into what you want we played the new coach's formation actually pressed and tried to win the game and funny enough managed to win the game so I mean, I'm delighted like uh, a win's a win um, at this stage for us I mean obviously the way the results went the rest of the, the, rest of the weekend it's a pretty good job we did win or else uh, we'd be 17th so um, Ooh, wow. I know um, it was just light years ahead of where we've been for the last two, three months, if not longer, really, because we, as I've been saying on this podcast for a long time now, we haven't played well for, well, pretty much throughout Bruce's time. We've kind of scraped wins through good fortune and defenders getting lots of goals, that kind of thing. But this was a game where we actually played well from the start. Um, we pressed and hurried Everton, knocked them off their stride very early on, and uh, we thoroughly deserved to win. Um, I even said at half time yesterday on Twitter that. If we went on to lose and played like that, no one would care. Like Everton away is not a game, not a game we normally win. But to go and take the take the game to a team and you know actually try and win, that's 90% of what we want. Um, it's never been about you know being the very best and winning every week, but we've had too long of just turning up, <coughs> wait, waiting to get beat, trying to nick a goal on the counter attack or trying to you know score from a corner and all this kind of stuff. Which sometimes it works, a lot of the time it doesn't. Um, but this was actually, you know, what I'd call a, you know, a proper performance where we had a game plan, we executed it to perfection, and actually could have won by more, really. Um, but you know, Callum Wilson, if you give him chances, he will score. He scored two. He could have had four or five, in all honesty. Um, really good team performance, though. Very happy with how it went. Yeah, I mean, I I, I said to to Simon people just before you jump on as well that like. Obviously, Newcastle were in quite an ominous position. Um, but, this, we, I mean, we've mentioned it throughout the season. The squad's far better than what it is. The, mm-hmm. the problem is, as you've highlighted, and everybody, Barry's, Barry's friends in the media, um, Steve Bruce has been the issue. Like, the squad's nowhere near 
not not saying it's a European team by any stretch, but it's a comfortable 12th to 9th place finish, you know, with with a normal manager, say. Yeah. So, so my, my, I think I was pondering over the weekend, um, just thinking of the pod coming up. Now, no, no person ever wants their team to lose. Like, obviously, I'm, that's not what I'm claiming. But is there, is there a part of you where it's like you, you almost don't care when you lose because it's one step closer for the manager to go in at this stage? It has felt like that recently. Like obviously, we lost to Villa last weekend and barely laid a glove on them throughout. And I, I was just totally numbed to it. Like, you know, it wasn't a surprise. We didn't turn up. We didn't play well. Um, but it, it would become the norm. Um, and I felt like you looked at the players full time and it looked like we'd been relegated, which was feeling like it was going to happen. Um, and then obviously, all this happened this week was us bringing in a different coach to work alongside the players. Now, he can't have, I mean, I'd love to say he's made all the difference in, in a matter of two days. Maybe having a new voice has helped, but if I'm being totally fair to Bruce, on Tuesday night when we played Leeds, the first half was abysmal. Second half, we actually came out and you know pressed them and tried to play football and win the game, which we obviously yeah. didn't. But that was kind of the first. It was almost as if someone had said something at half time and had said, "Look, we can't go on just being a punching bag and trying to wait for them to tie themselves out." And and that carried over into this game, but with more of a more of a plan towards it. Like I say, he. We played this formation, which which Jones played at Luton, which again is quite suspicious. But um, <laughs> basically, basically split the two forwards and had a almost a false nine in Almiron playing uh, as the sort of the, the central central man in there, um, and having Hayden sat in front of the back four instead of a back five. Um, it just all made sense. It was you know we've had all these players the whole time really, and it was just they were played in a formation that suited them. Um, now. You make an interesting point about saying, well, if we'd lost, it's a step close to getting rid of Bruce. I'm at the point now where, unless we get taken over, we're not going to get rid of Bruce, I don't think. Um, yeah. And I think our best chance of being taken over is to stay up. Um, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So it, it has been between a rock and a hard place, really, in that I want us to win because I want us to stay up. Um, but I think if we got taken over in a month's time, six months' time, Steve Bruce would not be in a job very long after that. I can't imagine they would want him as their man to take, to take us forward. Um, so my priority is staying up, and <coughs> if and when the ownership changes, then I imagine the manager will change anyway. So um, it's nice if, 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 you know, if Jones is the backup plan. Um, I don't think he'd be anyone's choice as a manager, really, but he's obviously got some new ideas, and if that's what's been implemented at work, and then it might be enough to see us over the line for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, as I, as I say, I, I'm I'm more than confident that the players are there, you know, to have a comfortable right in the mid table. So maybe maybe he's that, you know, that sounding voice that the players can then go to. Who even the players who maybe aren't quite confident in Bruce either. So, you know, he's maybe like that. The ball well, between them. Very interesting to see him stand on the sideline giving instruction and Bruce just stand there in the background like. I mean, it's great, but I don't get what Steve Bruce gets out of that, other than you know not wanting to walk away, so so he gets his payoff. Like, it must be. Oh, it looked almost like he was being undermined, which again I'm fine with. Um, but it's a very strange situation. But again, we're a very strange club, so. Yeah, yeah. That's all we need to see there. Well, exactly. Simon, I'll come to you. I mean, what was your thoughts on the game? Um. Yeah, I mean, kind of like Dave said, I, I didn't see it coming. I mean, you, you briefly touched upon the, the game against us, obviously, last weekend. 
and Bruce after that night, his post-match interview when he was saying, it, I, I saw enough there to be encouraged. And I was, I was looking, <laughs> thinking, you, you have got to be on the wind up here because that night, like Newcastle were fucking dreadful against us. Mm-hmm. So um, I really didn't see it coming, but you no, know, an, an impressive victory. Everton, I mean, it just, I, I think I saw some a tweet. And it was something along the lines of you can can have a, a world class manager in charge of the club, but that doesn't do anything to change our DNA. And it just seems to be the Everton White Light. You you kind of said uh, Ali before we started recording that you kind of did see it coming away because it's it's the classic thing that Everton do, isn't it? Like th- yeah. this is this is the sort of game that that they just they 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 will lose it and that's why they don't ever seem to <laughs> to break any higher than than seventh like really really strange and um Callum yeah. Wilson as you say Callum Wilson is a goal scorer though the, the second goal as great a counter attack as it was and a good finish I couldn't help but I was looking at Jordan Pickford's position cool. for it and <laughs> It was he basically left an open goal for Wilson to tap in. No, it was it was bloody it was, awful. It was so far over, wasn't it? But <laughs> the analyzed it pretty well on match of the day, where they said, you know, Wilson took a bad touch and Pickford should have been out there and then. Yeah. And he kind of came a couple of steps and then went back, and he obviously just lost all bearings after doing that. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, we talked about the England squad the other week when last time we were on, and we said, you know, the squads could be hard to pick. Could you honestly say Jordan Pickford's one of the three best English keepers in the league at the minute? Because I, I think he'd be struggling. I really yeah. do. You mentioned that, Dave, because I was going to come on to that when you said that. Because my my opinion, Pickford might be the fifth or sixth best England goalkeeper in the league. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's going to be first choice. This is the reason why England won't win things, because <laughs> don't take things serious. And completely, like... Obviously, we we uh, we lost at Burnley in midweek, and the, I mean we should have been out of sight first half. And I was watching it, and uh, two things were running through my mind: was one, how is Nick Pope still at Burnley, <laughs> and two, how is Jordan Pickford ahead of Nick Pope for England? Like, there's he's so he's just a much better goalkeeper. And people keep telling me, oh, Pickford can play out with his feet. I don't care. Like you've got centre backs, he can do that. He can't do anything with his fucking hands. He's a goalkeeper. It's unbelievable. It, it is. I think I do think as well. The the, the penny's starting to drop as well because uh, Southgate seems to be turning up at more and more games where the goalkeepers playing who uh, yeah. who could replace him. I mean, off the top of my head, I mean, even Darlow in goal for us, who was nowhere near yeah. our team at the start of the season, he's been outstanding all season. I, I, I mean. Taking aside the first goal of Villa last weekend, where he actively tried to get out of the way of a header, which I <laughs> yeah. still don't really understand. That's probably about the first thing he's done wrong all season, but he's kept us in a lot of games. Um, but even he's been far, far better than Jordan Pickford this season. Um, it's I'll be surprised if he's the number one going into the Euros, unless he has an incredible three or four months coming up. Yeah. Um, because he just doesn't doesn't deserve to be. Um, the the other argument people always trot out, which, which is ridiculous, is say, well, he's never let England down before. But that's, you know, Ashley Cole never let England down, but I wouldn't have him starting at left back now. <laughs> <laughs> just because you did well two years ago, right. it's all two three years ago. Look, you've got to look at the form of the players as well, they are now. The, the problem is always going to be like when it, the vast majority of England's games we play against, you know teams who come with a back nine and yes. have one up front and yeah. in, in those situations it's quite good to have a goalkeeper who can ping the ball about a bit because every yeah. little helps and, and 
But when you get to a tournament, we play against actual countries who are going to take shots against us. Yeah. Um, and that's where we that's you know that's where we need Nick Poe to make make twenty saves and whatever else is going to happen. Like other than you know we might play the odd game in the group stage where it'd be nice to have a goalkeeper who can play out. But um, I think at tournament level you need you know your shot stoppers who are going to make a big difference. Um, and I don't think Pickford's up to it anymore. I mean, you, no one ever wins a, a league title, Champions League. Well, you know, you don't win anything with the shit goalkeeper. It's, I mean, Liverpool are the classic case. You looked at, they had, um, uh, what, was, what was his name? The keeper you had before, Alisson. His name's completely curious. <laughs> like, you, the team that you had... You know, the starting eleven was basically the same starting eleven that has then won Champions Leagues and league titles. But if if you've got a duff keeper, you're not going to win the major tournaments. Carry it, uh, like I'm not. Let's not co- drop carry us far too low and compare to Jordan Pickford here. Carry no, but, better you, goalkeeper than but you get Jordan the point Pickford. though. Yeah, no, 100, percent and that's yeah. why we spent big money on Allison, obviously. Exactly, yeah. But, um, but uh, like, I, I mean, that's a. Uh, it's an extreme example. I mean, Allison's arguably the best keeper in the world, certainly top three. Um, but I mean, even Ancelotti seems like he's got fed up of Pickford, where he's, he he even came out and said he's going to keep rotating him um, this season, which that's never going to be good for a goal for either goalkeeper. So at some stage, he's going to have to just make his choice as well. And be amazed like if they don't go out and buy a goalkeeper in the summer. Ancelotti doesn't seem like the type who will put up with it much longer. No, no never do have money, so... Well, he'll go out and buy some Italian goalkeeper who's probably 35, but already better. Like, he'll just be solid. I don't know, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head, but you know what he's like. Buffon on a free. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, we'll go back to that. So, I mean, as you say, Dave, it was a, a really important one. Um, could have finished at 17, so you're now in... 15th, um, Burnley obviously with the game in hand, um, but obviously a much better position. Everton down to 8th now. I mean, that's about right, isn't it? That's where we reckon they'll probably finish, 8th, 7th, maybe at a push. Well, they're like Villa, got two games in hand. I mean, they could uh, they could be 4th if they win both of those. I mean, again, <laughs> relies a lot on uh, games going to, uh, to form and things, but yeah. I, I think you're right. I think... Seventh to eighth will probably be about right for them. They haven't really been consistent enough. Calvert Lewin stopped scoring a bit as well. Um, for them, I, if you'd be quite happy to have a you know a cup run um, and uh, and see where that takes them. Because I think the Champions League's probably out of the out of the, the grasp this season. Yeah, interesting. Especially obviously the the backhands are quite a lot. But um, we'll move on from that and we'll move on to Crystal Palace one Wolves nil. Uh, did any of you watch the full game or was it just a highlights job for this one? Uh, I didn't watch it um, because I value my Saturday afternoons more than watching <laughs> these two. I watched them in the FA Cup the other week and it was dull as, as dishwater and this was seemed very, very similar. So uh, I watched the highlights. Yeah, same here. Yeah. I, I, the, I'll be the three, three, three o'clock games on Saturday this was never going to be top of my list to watch. So I, I watched the highlights, if you can call them that. Um, it's a great goal. You know, he took it yes. really well. But other than that, for the game itself, I 
couldn't really add anything, but just in the wider concepts of things, Wolves, I mean, what's what's going on with them this season? Kind of, we saw that lens last time, didn't we? We just said, yeah. you know, lack of goals. Um, signed, is it Willian Jose from um, somewhere in Spain? I forget where. I mean, he might help. But then again, <laughs> he might not. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It's it's odd to not score at all, which is pretty much where they are now. Is um, It's pretty poor. I mean, the, what are they on? 23 points? 23, yeah. Uh, I mean, the only point up the road from us, which is incredible, really, when you think of the gap between the two teams uh, last season. And well, um, I think they've probably got enough on the board to not be worried about going down, um, mainly because I can't see Fulham making up. Well, it's nine points yeah. with, a game, with, with a game in hand, but I can't see them making that up. But um, they're going to have to start getting some points from somewhere because they are on a, pretty much a run as bad as we were on. Um, I think Wolves won. Is it one in ten now? I think so. Yeah, it's something so, like that. It's not yeah. pretty. Um, but the, I've said this before. Like they're just very, very bland, aren't they? Like they, they kind of had this X factor where they played three at the back and the wing back. So they were they were pretty much forwards, and it was very difficult to stop them. And now it's like, yeah, we've got a back four, and we've got three plodders in midfield who are going to pass on the ball, and then we've got three speed demons up front who were, who were well marked. So. Now what? Mm. And there's just there's just no X factor about them anymore. Yeah, they've lost all their identity completely now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they moved back to three at the back, um, but I mean, there's no Neves who was key almost to the three at the back for his passing range. Moutinho, obviously as well. Um, what's his name? The 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 real Atrori, um, in and out the side, just nowhere near as effective. I mean, even if you can call it that, um, just I, I, I said it a few weeks ago when we we spoke about. It, I really do think um, Nuno's kind of taking them as as far as he can. I feel this is one of those. He's, he's almost once he's lost the team and they're not playing for him, but it's just it's like they've got themselves now into a rut, and I don't know if he knows how to get them out of it. Um, I was really expecting them to do more this transfer window, even like a couple of loan signings mm. or. I was really convinced that um, Diego Costa was going to end up there. Um, you know, we'd been the, the George Mendes. Oh, yeah. And then <laughs> getting his release from Atletico. I was just convinced it was maybe going to be a <laughs> six-month or 18-month deal. He will go somewhere for more money and less effort, such as <laughs> Turkey or the MLS. Yeah. Or, you know, other fun leagues like that. I'm just looking at their team, the priority yesterday. So they had a back three. They went back with three. So they're Bolly, Cody and Kilman. Mm-hmm. They had Hoover at right back, who I thought was a centre-half when he was at U Boys, but seems to have become a full-back all of a sudden. He's definitely um, not a wing-back, put it that way. Right. They played, <laughs> they played, they played Nelson Semedo on the left side, yep. despite him being right-footed, as far as I remember. Yep. Um, they played Dendonga, who has played at the centre-back, played in centre-mid here with Matinho. And then they had Neto Podence and... Um, who I assume is this Willian Jose chap. BBC have called him De Silva, but whatever. Um, I mean, what even is that team? Like, it's it's <laughs> a weird palace. That's extremely negative. It's a very Roy Hodgson. It's like the managers picked each other's teams. <laughs> 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 because that's that's quite a... I mean, a 4-2-3-1 for Palace, you know, with, with three attacking players behind Pacho Eye. It's... Um, 
I feel like they've swapped roles here. Um, I really, I, like, there's not much more I can add to the Wolves that I haven't said. I'm really concerned about them. I think they're lucky, as you say, Dave, that there's not many teams down the bottom who could probably catch them. And it's not due to Wolves getting enough points here. It's due, just due to the to the other team. Um, I mean, on Crystal Palace, massive three points. I feel this might be Hodgson's last season, just in general, just... Just in life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do believe that's an exciting team for, for somebody to come in and take over. Um, not that, again, not going to be pushing like Champions League places or such, but mm. obviously just got a better brand of football. And I think... Um, the worry with Palace is they've tried this before where they go, oh, well, we've been safe for a few seasons now. Let's try something wild. And they were like, bottom with one point after seven games. So they had to go, yeah. had to go back to Hodgson. Um, I just worry that if... I think Hodgson and Zaha will probably go together at some point. Because Zaha surely can't be happy staying here forever. He must have some sort of desire to test himself again at the higher level. Mm. Having tried at Man United when he was very young. I um, certainly believe he will, but... I think he would have to leave in a free. And I don't know if he'd ever want to do that because he obviously does love Palace. But I just wonder, if he, would he really run his contract down? Because I just don't see any teams, or top teams, as we say, forking out the money that Palace would want. No. I thought, I mean, Dortmund seemed like they were going to go and get him the other summer, um, which would have been ideal for him because, you know, they're like, we're bringing young wingers through. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that didn't materialise. Everton seemed to want to break the bank from and instead end up with a Wobie, which is probably the biggest downgrade in the history. <laughs> um, and I mean, I think Arsenal will link them every year for about you know three or four years. Um, I would imagine that ship sailed now because Aubameyang plays in his position, so that's a bit rough. Um, so yeah, you're probably right. He's, he's going to have to go somewhere eventually, but then again, he might just stay there forever. And become, yeah, I wonder if it... I, I wonder if becoming a Crystal Palace legend interests him. I mean, is he going to go to a team that's in the Champions League? Is he going to? He was on Jamie Carragher's podcast about maybe about a month ago now, and he claimed he wanted to go somewhere and win the Champions League. You know, he wanted trophies was what he wanted in his career. So Crystal Palace isn't going to be, <laughs> is it going to yeah. be? Yeah. But I no. mean, when you look at the teams who are going to win trophies. Um, can They're never going to sign him, are they? Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, because you've got the English premium um, on top. More so now with Brexit rules coming into play. Um, do you, uh, does he count as English, even though he plays for Ivory Coast? Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm sure he's still not class as English for the... Oh, in terms of like homegrown status, that kind yeah. of stuff. He must do, I would think. He's... Like, he's been through Palace's academy, hasn't he? So. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think he was. He was born here, wasn't he? He only qualified for. Oh, yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he, he did play for England in a friendly, didn't he? Yeah, just, I, was, I think he's played a couple of couple of friendlies for that. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it wasn't until like later on, until he was guaranteed basically caps, that he moved to moved to the Ivory Coast, wasn't it? Mm. Um, as you say, it'll be an interesting one. I, the, the only team I could see spending money on them, and it's just because they have ridiculous amounts. And because Zaha is homegrown, so it goes for their numbers, is Man City. I think maybe a couple of years ago, possibly. But, I mean, Zaha, how old does Zaha be? He must be sort of mid, mid to late 20s Five, now, getting on a bit. So, I, I, I wouldn't see City maybe going in from now. I think he's 
probably he's just gone beyond that threshold of whether they think it'd be worth forking out that money for him, I think. No, he's 29 this year. It's, uh, oh, yeah. Well, he's, pretty much... he's got spurs all over him, hasn't he? <laughs> 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 That'd be I fun. Trying try, try, try to say Mourinho will get, get him to track back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind. Right, none of us really watched that game. None of us really actually care about it either, to be fair. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. Um, we'll move on to a game that I'm guessing neither, neither of us really watched too intently either. Um, bearing in mind it was quite quite dull considering it was a Man City-Sheffield United game. Um, 1-0 win for City. Uh, Gabriel Jesus with a winner in the ninth minute. Uh, thoughts on this, Simon? Uh, yeah, well, th- this, this was the other... Th- three o'clock game that I decided not to watch um, because I, I thought one of two things are going to happen. It would be a 1-0 win, which it was, or be a 5-0 routine City win. Um, I mean, the form City are in. I know, I know Sheffield United managed to, to get themselves a hilarious victory in Manchester earlier on in the week, <laughs> but they, they were never going to repeat that, were they, on Saturday? And I mean, I suppose from their point of view, they'll be happy to have kept it to one, which you know at least shows what well, you'd assume they were they were reasonably competitive in in the game. Then that they defended well enough, but um, I mean I I think I, I did see the highlights, but I really can't even remember too much of it. So there's not an awful lot I can really say about this game, to be honest. Well, what about yourself, Dave? For for me, from everything that I've read and seen, it just seems like this is a Barcelona pep. Boring teams into submission. Uh, this is basically both their scenes in a nutshell. And Man City turned up and got a narrow win without conceding. Never really looking like conceding. And Sheffield United suffered a, suffered a narrow loss. Um, plenty of plenty of huff and puff, plenty of effort, but um, never never really looked like scoring. To be quite honest with you, um, it. Um, I think everyone kind of expected Man City to run riot here, but. But the problem they're having at the minute is obviously everyone's playing kind of three times in a week. And I think as soon as I saw the team, which included, you know, Sterling Mares both on the bench, um, I didn't think they were going to... They had any interest in racking up four, five and six again. I thought they just wanted to get the win, get the clean sheet and move on. They've got a big week ahead. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree anymore. Um, we'll move on from that, um, because City are flying. Yeah. There's not really much we can add to that. Um We'll go to the game that Simon did watch. So I will come to you, Simon. But as I was looking at all three games, this would have, game, would have been the game. I, I get your logic, but this would have been the least of the games that I would have watched. Um, but tell, tell us why you watched it and what you thought of it. Well, the reason I wanted to watch it was, A, because I was, I was hoping that West Brom were going to lose. So that's, it's always fun to watch them lose. But <laughs> I just I thought out of those three games, that, that would be the one to watch because I thought that's the one that there's going to be goals in because you've got two teams you can't really defend. So surely there's going to be some goals in there. Fulham first half were really, really good and, and should have been out of sight. It, it was almost actually like watching our game against Burnley midweek because the Fulham, they, they were just all over West Brom in that, in that first half. I mean, since they've been, the baggies have been rubbish all season. They seem to have got even worse since Allardyce, who comes in to sort defences out, came in. Um, they were absolutely atrocious in in that first half, and are so fortunate that there was only one nil off. I think 
I think West uh, Fulham hit the post as well. Um, not long before half time. Had they gone in two, two at half time, I, I don't think they, they'd have uh, thrown away the three points. Fair play to West Brom, I, I suppose, in that they did come back, got themselves ahead. But then just their, what's been their Achilles heel all season is their defending. Like I've said it before, I, I think they're the worst team in the league. They've certainly got the worst defence in the league. I think what their goal difference, what was it, minus 33, we were saying before, Pods? Yeah, I yeah, mean yeah. that 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 is horrendous, and the Fulham's equalising goal. I mean, I think Allardyce said after the game that if you know if a team properly cuts you open, sometimes there's not much you can do about it. But I mean, it was just just a routine cross from out wide, and I, I don't know where the West Brom defenders went, but there was about two Fulham players just completely free at the back stick for uh, one of them to stick away, and I suppose in the end. It's a resource that doesn't do either of them a favour. I mean, I don't think West Brom could get out of it anyway. I think Fulham, especially with the way certain other results went this weekend, obviously with Newcastle winning and a result from tonight that will come to later, I think Fulham really needed to win that. Because with their game in hand as well, it could have got them closer to safety. But that's, that's two massive points dropped, I think, for them. Yeah, Dave? Yeah, well, we said a few weeks ago, it seems like looking at Adelaide's history, it takes them about 10 games to get um, to get a team organised, um, which we're closing on now, I think. Um, he's got the transfer window where he hasn't he hasn't made that many signings. Obviously, he signed Snodgrass, who is a very big Sam type player. Um, he signed, is it Ndiang or Ndiaye or something from, uh, uh, I think it's from a Turkish club, so I should know that, but I can't remember where he got them from anyway. He came off the bench yesterday, so he's you know it's two of the the standard big Sam type signings. Um, I'm surprised he hasn't got a centre back in yet that I know of. Um, um, that that's what gobsmacks me the most, considering how bad their defence is. The fact he hasn't sorted that out as of yet is um, unbelievable. I can only assume tomorrow's going to be a big day for them on the transfer market. Yeah, um, but he, I did notice as well during the interviews afterwards. He said, um, "Oh, you know, we can only do the trains for so often before the penny drops for the players." <laughs> and I thought that was a very interesting line of him, basically, you know, immediately deflecting the blame from it being his fault. And uh, it's obviously the players who are at fault. And I just think that's uh, the first telltale sign that he's uh, fighting a losing battle. Yeah, I mean that that smacks of, I mean what we've kind of said before that he. Be, He's gonna walk away before they're fish, just before they're officially relegated, aren't they? And that that seems like the first sort of stepping stone to it is that he'll walk away and he'll be like, well, I mean, I did all I could, but the players just aren't good enough. It's not my fault. Yeah, I'd expect that. Um, I mean, they must be very, very disappointed with Brighton getting the points tonight because they were they were probably the team to catch in terms of there was. It's been very turgid in terms of getting results for a while. They don't seem to you know, move the, the, the points board on very often. They, they, they win every one in four or five. Um, they could do without them beating teams like they did tonight, but I just think that gap is already nine points, effectively ten with that awful goal difference. Yeah. It's, considering they've won two games all season, it's a big ask to try and get out of. <laughs> yeah, no, no sympathy. From my end either. Um quite delighted when <laughs> when they go down. Um I said to Simon Peapod, I genuinely think Fulham might have had a better go of it with a better manager. Um I don't think their squads 
as bad as their position. I think they might have got. Nah, I think Pollock gets a bit of undue stick to be honest. I think he, I think he's done quite well, um, considering the way they started. Everyone had them down before the end of September, pretty much. But he's changed that system. They've, become, they've been quite hard to beat. Um, you know, they've, they've lost less games than we have, for example. Um, they just can't win enough, um, which is Lots always the problem. This is a better manager. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think maybe with with Park, like in a way, if if Fulham do end up going down, I'd kind of I hope I'd hope that they'd stick with him because I think if he brought them back up, then I think this year would have been a really good experience for him. Because as you say, like at, at the start of the season. You know, I think we were kind of all sort of, you know, having a bit of a laugh about him. But as you say, he has he has made them hard to beat and he's made them competitive, which go after the first sort of four or five games, you would not have seen coming. So it could, you know, he's a young manager, it's his first job. It may be a case of this is just an experience you'll have to go. I mean, you look at Burnley, Sean, you know, Sean Deutsch brought them up, they went down. Stuck with them, brought them back up, and okay, yeah, they're not pretty to watch at all. But he's a decent, you know, he's a good manager. They, he's effective. So it, it may just be a case of this is just just a bit too soon for Park. He's just a bit too inexperienced, but it may ultimately end up being, you know, quite a positive thing for him in in the long run. I, I agree with that sentiment completely, Simon. Um, I think if they, especially if they're sticking with him till the end of the season, regardless. I think they'd be better and well suited, you know, to keep him as long as the players don't like kind of, you know, as long as it doesn't seem like he's he's lost the team more, you know, that old saying mm. of the dressing room, you know, as long as we don't see that and there's there's continued fighting and there's good performances, I see no reason why not to keep him um, and let him try build again next season. And he can only be a better manager for it. I think we've all said this before. I mean, when a manager, you're never going to get a true test of a manager. And, Till you start seeing them in those, you know, those shaky positions and yeah, in the murky water sort of thing, and let's see how they got on. Um, I think. I mean, put put it this way: if if I had to have a, a choice between Scott Parker or Frank Lampard being the manager of my next club, there's no doubt in my mind who I who I'd rather have. I'd rather have somebody who actually looks like they know how to set a team up. I'd sell the club. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, well, we'll move on from that game that actually nobody actually cares about, not even West Brom and Fulham fans, I don't think. Um, do we really want to talk about the next game? Can we just give the score and brush along? Um, Arsenal no, Man United no. I'll let either of you take the take the floor if you want to discuss this game. I mean, I've got absolutely nothing to say about it. It was We didn't learn anything about either team. Um, it was crap. It was just. <laughs> I mean, the the only thing I, I would say is I'm kind of, I don't I'm annoyed in myself for being surprised about it because that <laughs> they I actually think they're two quite boring teams to watch. I know Man U have been winning, you know they've been on a good winning run, but they haven't been entertaining to watch. Not like they cut teams open like when two boring teams play each other, you're probably going to get a boring match. It's <laughs> just exactly what we got. Yeah, no, no, both crap. Right, Southampton nil, Villa one. Um, take it away, Simon, and then talk us through the, the VAR controversy. Okay, so uh, great result. Um, tough. You know, I know Southampton have been 
uh, they haven't been in the best of form recently. I think the goals sort of dried up for them a bit, but it's still they're still a good team with a good manager. Um, so to come away from there with three points, I kind of I, I you know I didn't expect it. I'd, I'd have been happy to have come away with a point from that. Um, the game. So this, obviously, the first major incident was the, the handball. Now, when I watched it in real time, I thought, fucking hell, that, that's, that's a great save, but but you're all right back, mate. You shouldn't be doing that. Um, <laughs> and then I looked at the first replay and the second, the third, and every replay, I'm, that, I'm there scratching my head thinking, why are they still looking at, like, he's clearly, it's clearly a handball. Um, but obviously... <laughs> It has taken the slightest of slightest deflections off his thigh, which, you know, the, the letter of the law now is that's not a penalty. I mean, for me, that, that should be a penalty. I'd be furious if that wasn't given for us. But it's one of it's just another one of those situations where the law seems to be a bit of an ass and there's not, you know, there's not an awful lot you can do about it. Um, that's the first half went on. Thought we, I don't think we played particularly well in the first half. The first half an hour, Southampton had a lot of the ball, but they didn't actually really threaten us. So I don't think they had a shot on target until until the uh, start of the second half. Um, the goal we scored, it was the one real bit of pure quality for the game. Great switch of play from Louise. Target, who has been absolutely sensational this season. Lovely ball over the top for Greenish, and I mean that that cross he put in first time left foot half volley, beautiful ball into the box, and a, a great header from Barkley as well. Pleased uh, for him to, to to get a goal. It's been a while since he scored one for us, and then it kind of just because of how we've been this season defensively and with the keeper we've got. Once we go one nil up in the game, I think that's ten ten clean sheets now this season that we've had. Um, and when when we go one 0 up, I think apart from Burnley, we've won every game when, when we've taken the lead. So you kind of felt pretty confident. Second half, <clears throat> Southampton sort of huffed and puffed and didn't really get going until the last twenty minutes. They brought Shay Adams on, and he brought a really good save for Martinez. And then I think with five minutes to go, uh, I think it was Bednarak had a header from a corner, and Emmy Martinez once again with an unbelievable save. <clears throat> couple of goal line clearances and then obviously you got to the final uh, controversial moment if you if you want to call it that it's Danny Ings goal ruled out for offside I mean we've said it before I said it after the when uh, we did the pod straight after Villa played West Ham away and Ollie Watkins had that goal ruled out and I was furious because I think the offside law as it is is stupid but it is what it is and I can't have much sympathy with Southampton because we've had what well, Watkins has had two goals this season taken off him for his sleeve being offside. Bamford's <laughs> had a goal taken off him for his arm being offside. Like it, it shits, but it's happening to everyone. So at least there's some consistency with that. Um, but I, I just wanted to briefly make a point on Emmy Martinez as well. Cause we the other week, I think uh, in our WhatsApp group, there was a bit of a conversation going on about the best goalkeepers in the league. And, I've got to be honest, I was, I was surprised at the number of names that were being put forward as for people rating ahead of Martinez. Like, I genuinely think, other than Alisson and Edison and 
De Gea at his best. I honestly don't think there's a better goalkeeper than him in, in the Premier League at the moment. I think he's been unbelievable. Ten clean sheets. He's just such a solid keeper. He catches the ball. He keeps hold of things. I think he's been one of the best signings that any club any club made in the transfer window last summer. Uh, Dave, I'll let you talk on the game before we come back on to the, the goalkeeper discussion. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I can't disagree with anything I said there, really, especially about Martinez, who's been outstanding. Um, I think Southampton look a bit shagged. Um, you mentioned there, they obviously rotated Adams out because he's played just about every minute. Um, they looked tired and uh, the players they were bringing off from the bench, you know, are either unproven or or um, haven't been in the team all season. So um, they've hit a bit of a wall at the minute. Um, but taking off them even better because the They've kind of ruled that storm early on. They got their goal. Um, and as you say, Martin has had to make a few saves. Um, but that's what he's there for. You kind of just say, well, you know, if the goalkeeper hadn't been there, they, they, they wouldn't have won because that's you know exactly what you paid the money for. So um, The Villa momentum just keeps going. Um, I was obviously surprised he got beat off Burnley in the week, especially having been ahead twice. Um, yeah. I mean, that was but, just a, a freak result. For, for, like, watching that game, the Burnley should not have won that game. It was unbelievable. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. I've had enough of you two. Come on. <laughs> the Daesh fan club's here. Um, <laughs> well, did it remind me, Si, earlier in the season at, at Villa Park, did you and Burnley draw 0-0 or something and Pope made about 30 saves? Yeah, we, we drew 0-0 and I think we had, I think it was 28 shots in the game and I think about... 10 of them, 10 or 11 were on target. And the yeah. game we had in midweek against them, I think there's only been two games this season where team has had 10 or more shots on target and lost the game. And they were both <laughs> us against Burnley and against Southampton at the Park. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, there yeah. you go. Um, right. I, on Southampton, sorry, I, just, I think um, sure. they're missing... Um, Walker Peters fullback as well. They they look very lopsided. They'll have him sort of bombing forward down that side. Um, they've tried Diallo and someone else played that last week. None of them anywhere near as effective. I I don't get why they put James Ward Prowse up right back. Like I, how they thought that he. I mean I think he's a very good player, but I would not want him to be their main line of defence against Jack Grealish. No, no, that was insane. You'd, you'd, you'd almost just want to put anyone, any defender there and say, just man-mark Grealish. Because, like, you may, you'll get this, the same use out of it than playing a midfielder there who can't, he's not really good at running, is he? What yeah. <laughs> It's just not going to happen. Very, very odd decision, that. Right, goalkeeper chat. Because mm. this this one was curious um, in, the, in, the, in the WhatsApp group, which you said, Simon. I... I agree and disagree with you. Half the names that were getting thrown ahead of Martinez was nonsense. Um, but there are there are a few ahead of him, and Ederson certainly isn't one of them. Um, Ederson, for me, is six, six, seventh best in the league. Um, Martinez has been probably the signing of the season, well worth the money, far better than Leno for me. Um, still don't understand why, why he signed them, but... Um, yeah, there's, on forum, I'd say probably Martinez is probably the best goalkeeper in the league this season. But again, it's highlighting just how much he's having to do, I guess. 
But in general, I think he's easily a top five goalkeeper in the league. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, some of the names that were put forward, they're not bad keepers. I'm not saying they're bad keepers, but I, I, I just, I just found it really strange. Like, you look at the amount of clean sheets he's had this season. Like, we, especially when you think of how terrible we were last season. Like, he's got to be doing something right to have kept. I think we've got the second most. It's only Man City have kept more clean sheets than us. I think we've got. I think it's the third, third or fourth best defensive record in the league this season. Like. I just I've just found it really strange like some of the names, especially Leno. Like I don't yeah, no, really Leno, found that hard. I mean, the ones I'd I'd hundred percent have ahead of him, like without question. I'd have Pope ahead of him. Um I'd have Allison, obviously. Um I, I do swither on McCarthy. Sometimes I look at McCarthy and think he's phenomenal. And then other times I'm just clueless to why Fraser Foster isn't playing. And then I see Fraser Foster playing and I remember why. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, I, I I mean, Dave will know better than me, but I, I just always enjoy watching him. The Bravka from you guys, I take it he's injured, Dave, this season. Yeah, he was injured at the start of the season. He's only just come back and played the cup game at Arsenal. Um, and then obviously he couldn't really drop Darlow because, um, as I said earlier, Darlow has been, he barely put a foot wrong yeah. all, all season. So, Bit of, a, bit of a difficult one for him at the minute, but he, it's funny with Dubravka because he, he makes so many saves, but then he throws one in, and yeah. because he's because he's because he's making so many saves, mm. like the, the chances of making error sort of increase. But um, yeah, when he makes a mistake, they are horrendous mistakes, aren't they? If I remember right, they're, they're ridiculous. Yeah, I mean when, when we got him, uh, concern no one really heard of him. He was outstanding. I think he made his debut against Man United and made four or five incredible saves, um, and yeah. that kind of set the tone. Um, but like I say, I've got a long-standing theory on goalkeepers where like they're all quite good and they're they're going to make uh, errors on you know every 10 shots, every 20 shots, and when you're facing 15 a game, you're just going to make make more mistakes. <laughs> it's as simple as that, really. Yeah, that's a valid point. Yeah, I, I think the, the the point you make about what Dubravka that he he has that mistake in him. For me, that that that's I think why I rate Martinez so highly. Because I think he's one of those keepers that they they just don't make mistakes. Like but you you say McCarthy there, I agree. I think he looks like a really good keeper most of the time, but he does have an error in him. Whereas I I think the likes of Pope, Allison, like Martinez, obviously, even you know Casper Schmeichel, they they very rarely, if ever, get get anything wrong. And I think that that's why. I have them rated so highly up there. I think that goes down to Dave's point, though, because as you say, is how many yeah. shots of the quality of shots, not just shots, how many quality of shots they're facing. Yeah. Because I've seen Allison make some horrendous mistakes. Um, but it doesn't mean I would swap him for any goalkeeper in the world, purely because I know... That, see, the way I look at the goalkeepers is there's shots that a goalkeeper just doesn't have a chance with, or they've got like a... Let's just put a 1 in 10 chance, right? For, a, for an average goalkeeper. But De Gea at his best, Alisson, you know, at their best, they, they put it down to, they'll save one in three of them. Yeah. So it, just, it just shortens the odds. And that's, I think that's where I see the, the importance of a really good goalkeeper. And I mean, you guys are, you will be seeing it so much more with Martin is this, this season um, than you did have whoever was in goal for you last season. Well, we, we had four keepers over the course of that season. <laughs> right. <laughs> it says everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But I think, yeah, right, well, we were, great, really good win. Where does that take you into the league now, Simon? What did you uh, say? We're, we're, we're ninth, but we've got the two games in hand. Actually, I mean, yeah. yeah, so you kind of... You look at anything mid-table, but we have actually been better than mid-table. But, it's, yeah, it's just the way the games have been weighted at the moment. Two games in hand, yeah. West Ham to play, you said. I mean, Southampton, they almost kind of just need a break to try and get rest yeah. players back. I mean, as they're... they're They've got too good. Well, they're not going to go down anyway. Just they've got too many points. But they've got a really good manager. They just need that. They need that break. This in a few of the the injured players. I mean, I think we we said it probably a couple of months ago or a few weeks ago when we were talking about them. That what will knacker them is if they get a couple of injuries, and that just seems to be the position they're in at the moment. But now they're very good team still, and they they did play well yesterday. A draw wouldn't have been an unfair result, but we just managed to uh, to sneak over the line. Fair, fair, fair. Well, we'll move on to today's games. Um, and we'll start with everybody's favourite team, Chelsea. Um, <laughs> we'll move on to my, um, to my mighty Burnley. Um, obviously, burnt out um, after beating Liverpool Anfield. Um, that record's gone. So, um, Dave, your Marcus Alonso message in the chat kind of backfired a little bit. Well, it was only because Ryan said last, uh, whatever day it was, when the when Tuchel made his first team and he said, oh, it's only a matter of time before Londo was back in this team. And then, of course, he was today. Ah, so. wait, I missed that. <laughs> yeah. Um, to be honest, I think if there's ever a game to play Alonso, it's against Burnley because for all his faults, he'll have to do absolutely no defending and he's their best head with the ball. So, um, <laughs> it was probably the game to play him. Um, I only watched the first half of this uh, and Chelsea scored through Azpilicueta in open play and, I thought Tuchel was boring after the game in the midweek, but if you've got Azpilicueta as, a, as an overlapping fullback, <laughs> um, something strange has happened there, hasn't it? But it's good. I mean, it's going to be an interesting few weeks to see how he evolves that team, because um, he's already tried two formations in two games. Um, Hudson Odoi seems to become a wing back, which I'm not sure how that's going to work out, but <laughs> I guess we'll see. Um, I don't think you can really read an awful lot in this. I know we hate XG, but Burnley had an XG of zero goals in this, so... Fucking hell. Read that what you will. <laughs> Simon, did you see the game? Uh, it's handy that Dave saw the first half, because I only watched the second half of this game, so that works out nicely. But, to be honest, there's not... I was, I'd assume that the second half went pretty much out of the first half, when it, it was fairly, fairly comfortable for Chelsea. Burnley... Didn't really offer much, but I mean, you know, this—that's that's not a game. They're not the games that Burnley would traditionally target to go out and win. So, I mean, yeah, it, it, Chelsea it, beat it. I agree. I think it'll be interesting to see uh, how they sort of progress for in the second half of the season. Because, I mean, I sort of said it a few weeks ago. I think we've all probably thought it. The squad of players they've got, you know, they they should be. In, in and around that top four if not mounting a, a title challenge especially this season where it's not you know you're not gonna have to have the points to tell you that you needed in previous years um so now they've got themselves a, a proper manager it'll be be interesting <laughs> to see what they do with, with, with this squad of players and um and how they how they perform going forward yeah i'm still not a two, i think i'd rather have Lampard than Tuchel um personally still um but Chelsea still haven't beat anybody in the top half of the table this season. 
that's mental. That, that, is, that, mental. that, that is mental to think of that of a Chelsea <laughs> team. Um, yeah, I don't really have much more to add to that. Um, I've never been a fan of Tuchel. Um, be interesting to see where they go. But as as Dave said, two different formations, two two games. You would have thought. He, I mean, let's be fair. This this move was premeditated. Uh, nobody was surprised. <laughs> appointment. So you'd have thought he'd have had more of a game plan coming into it, unless he's going to be one of those managers that changes system formation depending on opponent, um, which can't be good ultimately. Um, but we shall see. I don't know if um, you know if he's just trying to fit in. You know, Werner. Uh, he played like a in like a two up front today. Um, I think. Actually, I, 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 I watched the game. And I was it was it was quite a fluid formation to be honest. So we'll probably get more clues as the as the weeks go on. But um, he, I agree, he's got to try something different because otherwise, what's the point in doing exactly the same as what Lampard was doing? He's got he's yeah. got to. You know, he's got to try and do something different, but at home to Burnley's probably the time to experiment with it. <laughs> yeah, that, no, that's fair. And look, they got the comfortable win. Uh, three points in the bag. Um, we'll move on from that then. And Leicester won, Leeds three. The boss was mighty happy. Um, Simon, I'll come to you on this one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. For some reason today, I only seem to watch the second half of games. <laughs> I missed the first half. Of the, I, missed, I, was, I was having uh, I was having my lunch in the first half, so I missed that. But um, no, the, the second half, I, I was I was impressed with Leeds. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd heard that Leeds been very very good in the first half and had had a number of chances as well. Um, Patrick Bamford, that that goal to put put them two one up. I mean. <laughs> I know I'm still going to try and maintain and bang the drum, but I don't think he's a Premier League forward, despite having scored 11 goals now this season. But to be fair, that was ahead of a finish. Um, Leicester just seems devoid of any real ideas uh, in that second half going forward. Um, And I think it just goes to highlight just how important Jamie Vardy is to, to that team, because I think we all agree that they've got, I think they've got a really good squad certainly in terms of options for defence and midfield. But up front, it's, it's Vardy or nothing. And when he's not there, it just, because of how he can stretch teams, and especially against Leeds, you think he'd, he'd have had a bit of joy against them just because of the yeah. way Leeds play. No. You know, that, that's a game that you think would have been tailor-made for him. So with him not being there, it really, really blunted Leicester's attacking threats. No, couldn't, couldn't agree more on that. I mean, Dave... Uh, I mean, what's on Leeds' performance? And... Yeah, I mean, they, were, they played Leicester exactly as you should play Leicester, especially without Vardy, like you say. They could they could afford to drop a little bit. Uh, they had to, sorry, to push up a bit because Perez has his qualities, but running behind isn't really one of them. Um, well, I don't know, was I an actual injured or have they just, just given up on him? I was surprised to see him nowhere near even coming on today. Um, God knows. Well, God knows indeed. I mean... <laughs> He, he probably wouldn't have made that much difference, to be honest, because he's he's uh, a bit of a bit of a strange player, isn't he? But it was um, it was odd because I saw Rogers getting a bit of stick for the change he made at half time, um, which was essentially sacrificing Albrighton for a third centre back, which looked like it worked to me for a little bit of time. They kind of got a bit of control at the start of the second half, but um, 
then Bamford scored that goal, which again, if you're if you're Leicester and you see Bamford running through from a not a great angle on his left foot, you say, well, happy days, shoot. Um, I didn't I didn't expect that finish whatsoever. <laughs> no, it was a surprise to me, definitely. I've not expected 11 strikes that he's done this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not but, 100% convinced Ross has expected these 11 goals either. But what you would say is that Bamford was great today. I know yeah. we'd laugh about him, but he was... Uh, he could have had a hat trick himself. Um, I know he obviously gave one up in, in the last couple of minutes to uh, to Harrison, but um, he had a he had one you know, one chalked off, or he had one he had a head of save clawed out from Schmeichel that kind of thing. It was yeah, it was uh, one of those days where every time Leeds came forward, they looked like they were going to score, and they just kind of picked their moment. I, I think I remember at two one, uh, less I think it was Johnny Evans missed a really really good chance. Yes. At the back post from a corner, and had that gone in uh, to make it two-two, then I, th- I think at that stage you would have been a toss of a coin the, the way the game was going to go. But once you missed that, you just kind of you could almost feel that a third of the counter attack was coming, couldn't you? Because Leicester were just obviously piling more men forwards. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was there's counter attacks, and then there's <laughs> and then there's having no one in your own half. <laughs> that was. Uh, it was wild, wasn't it? Just all the teams going for broke, but I mean that was, it seemed a bit uh, OTT. Um, I thought a lot Leicester not only missed Vardy, but they, they missed Ndidi as well. Because uh, yeah. I've never been particularly struck on Mendy, who came in from, um, and uh, he was obviously I think he was called for the third goal, but he was quite poor throughout. Yeah, I mean, and Ndidi is probably their best player. Um, or most important player, shall we say, um, who's not named Vardy. And, I mean, we've highlighted it almost every week that they really need to start making plans for the situation. You know, proper plans, not Perez, not um, any actual... Any, any yeah, that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> you know, finding that player, finding, I mean, ideally a, a 20-year-old Jamie Vardy. <laughs> Uh, it's not easy, I know, but without that similar ilk of player, they're going to really have to completely rejig their whole system. I mean, if you were Leicester's, you know, in charge of Leicester's transfers, who who would you be going to get to replace Vardy, realistically? I mean, so is the only one I can think of. So, so you're looking at someone to share game time with him for a couple of years and then, you know, basically phase Vardy out? Mm. If, if I was in charge, never yeah. be. <laughs> 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 um, I don't know. I mean, there's there's not an awful lot of, of, of those type of strikers around, really, are there? Yeah, I mean, you're probably going to have to go look for for me, like a, an 18, 19-year-old, as you say, who's willing to share responsibility, sit on the bench, but is that almost going down to any actual and Ian actual, however it's meant? And I mean, it the, is clo- re- the closest thing I've seen him in the Premier League at the minute is, is Watkins at Villa, um, yeah. in terms of doesn't give those vendors a minute's piece, is always in and around the box. Um, they should really have got him. Yeah. <laughs> Hindsight, of course, but... Um, <clears throat> That's the type, you know, someone from the championship um, who has got time to improve. Um, I don't know if they'd look at maybe Tony at Brentford. Who's Do you know, good. I was just going to say that. I mean, uh, we, we had him at Newcastle and he never really got a chance. But, I mean, he wouldn't at the, at the age he was when we had him. 
Um, but he seems to have improved. Having you know played for Peterborough in League One and scored back full of goals and doing well now in the Championship. I wonder if he might be someone to look at. But less money get it right, don't they? They don't buy a lot of crap, really. They don't, no. I mean, especially not when they buy young. They mm. seem to have a really good youth scout network. Yeah, I mean, they, for all we know, that there could be some young uh, lads playing in, you know, in Spain or Italy or, or wherever that that they could be looking at. So, um, yeah, but as you say, they, I think, I know Vardy just seems to to not age in terms of his pace and that, but he's what 34 now, so 34, 35. So then there's going to come a time in the next year to two years where surely they're going to have to be replacing him. Yeah, I mean, this has been an ongoing chat almost since we we started podcasting together, Dave, on this on the weekend yeah. show, even when Christmas. You know, this was this was the main topic of conversation for Leicester, um, because he he always has those spells without games, you know, because he because he is the lone striker. He takes so many knocks. Obviously, he's, he's adjusted his game more and more just now. Um, he doesn't touch the ball as often, you know. He's he's no longer involved. He kind of he's quite intelligent in a way when he picks and chooses when he gets involved. And um, whereas last season, the season before, you know, he was involved. You know, he was sprinting down every ball. He was he was involved in every tackle. So you can see the the decisions he's choosing to do to to prolong that career as long as he can. But yeah, ultimately, if Leicester want to, I think all depending on what, what their their final goal is. I mean, do they want to envision a, another league challenge or is it just a case of keep European places plodding along? But even to do that, they really, I mean, this summer, next summer at the very latest, I think they have to have a, a Vardy sidekick slash replacement in. I think it's got to be on their, their agenda. I mean, what Leicester do is quite well is they, they just buy like little and often. So, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll buy a a quality midfielder, one one transfer window, and they'll get another centre half in the next, and they're just kind of they've built that squad up now, so they've almost got two players every position, um, except up front, which is, well, I Nacho is meant to be the the backup, but, well, but yeah, that's it. They've tried, haven't they? It's a bit, it's their only failure, and I'd say Casper Schmeichel as well. Like, I mean, I old, I don't know how old Casper is now, but I know goalkeepers last that bit longer, but that ultimately have to be a another point they look on as well. Obviously, they signed the. The Liverpool backup goalkeeper. Uh, Ward, yeah. That's it, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. as you say, I think it can only be 30, maybe. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I'm trying to think, he, he must have played for Man City in 2007, so add 13 years to that. Yeah, that was when he I don't know, maybe. Yeah, 31, 32, maybe it was. Yeah, so he's got probably five really good years left in him, unless something drastic would happen, yeah, so... Yeah, that's not a concern, I guess. I thought he was a bit older than that. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there's not really much more to add to it. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a freak result. I've always said Leeds can beat anybody, but also be hammered by anybody. Um, yeah, I mean, if if Leicester had won this game three-one, I wouldn't have been surprised, and I'm not surprised that Leeds have won it through. It's it's that's just Leeds. They're the only, they're the most unique team in that sense, and that no matter what the result is, it won't shock you, unless it's nil-nil. That's the only shocking result you'll get with the Leeds game this season. Yeah, that and Brendan Rodgers' ego. So, <laughs> never going never gonna to change. Um, 
We'll move on from that and we'll go to the West Ham 1, Liverpool 3. Very good week for Liverpool in London this week. Uh, Dave, did you did you watch this one or were you preoccupied? No, I watched, it. No, I watched this one. Um, luckily, the only bit I missed was the first half, which not all of it's just the last 10 minutes, which seemed pretty drab anyway. But um, I was disappointed that West Ham didn't have more of a goal, um, purely because if I was in their, their shoes and you've got Antonio and Suchek and Dawson and all these other mountains of men against Jordan Henderson, who, to be fair, has done very well at centre-half, but he's not built like a centre-half. Yep. I'd be raining balls down into their box and trying to just cause havoc. I'd, I'd basically have been Wimbledon 1990 version. Yep. Um, <laughs> and they were just too nice about it. They just didn't give him enough to worry about until the last 10 minutes when it was too late. Yeah. Um, and that... I think Moyes will be sums of his career really. He gets teams to the point where you say, "Oh, you know, he's done really well," and they've got the chance to go one step further, and he blows it. Um, and that, you know, today he must think that's a missed opportunity because he must know you're going to get broken down by Liverpool eventually, even if it's not Liverpool at their best. Like if you if you give them enough chances, they will break you down eventually. What would you have got to draw nil nil? Like they're already fifth. You might as well go for it. Yeah, it's not like they're fighting relegation. In like well, every well exactly. Like it's, being a point I mean, for up the table, would it have made any difference? No, of course it wouldn't. Some don't know. I mean, I was today like absolute dreading like Phillips and Henderson. I mean, that was you know obviously well known that it was going to be those two from very early on in the day, and the thought of Michael Antonio against those two. Um, was just terrifying um, and they were just nothing just so placid that it didn't, didn't matter we could have played me and you there today and I don't anything would have mattered um, it's baffling that it's fury and that that's still a food going into that game today let alone anything else um Moment of brilliance in the game, though. Mo Salah's second goal. Uh, one of the best counter-attacks I've ever seen. To get from one box to the other with three passes from West Ham corner. Yep. One, Trent Abs- to Shikiri, Shikiri to Salah, and then... then Absolutely rips. outstanding. Um, yeah. Brilliant goal. Um, we essentially won in the game. I know, obviously, there was other goals in the game, but yeah. that, that goal that deserved good. to win a game completely. Yeah. Like that first touch from Salah might be the the greatest. I I said to Simon off pod, it might be the best goal I've seen Liverpool score. Um, Just just that touch. um, Very Suarez esque. The goal against, I think it was against you guys, Dave. Yeah, I was was going to bring that up. That that Suarez goal. Obviously, the the touches were were very different, but they were very similar, if you know what I mean. That they were just Mm. perfect. Well, uh, yeah, you're exactly right. Um, and this is supposedly Salah out of form as well. And this is what he comes up with. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, uh, he's just, you don't need me to say he's, he's absolutely on another level. When he's on, Liverpool are on. Um, it's no coincidence that he's been off for a few weeks, really. Liverpool haven't been at their best. But I thought he was great on Thursday as well against Tottenham. Didn't get his goal. but yeah, just, just he, didn't get the goal, yeah. He looked alive again. Um, obviously, you should really try and keep him at all costs. 
I don't know what you thought of Ali. Do you think he's had his head turned at all, or do you think it's just been a slump that's coincided with that story coming out about Spain? Um, I don't know. I honestly don't know. If anybody, like if any players I would have felt had got their head turned, I would have said Manny. Um, but I don't know. It just I, I always feel my, uh, Salah's, yes, he's got an ego. Um, all top players do. But never seen him as that, like, not mercenary type. So I'm not trying to slate anybody who goes to a team, but it doesn't look like this. You know how like, you, you, you knew Suarez was always going to go to Spain. You know, it's that, you know, the South American in them, that's, that's almost where they want to end up. doesn't matter if the teams are much better than who they're playing for. I just I didn't see that in Salah. I didn't expect it. I mean, whether it happens or not, it's going to be a hell of a large fee. Um, but who do you replace him with? He, he's, I mentioned to Simon off pod, stats-wise, performance-wise, I think only Ronaldo's been better in England in that sort of position. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, I mean, on on form, like, on consistent level, Salah's, what, maybe top five, possibly top three in the world. Um, yeah, no. Messi I'm, and Ronaldo aren't really the, you know, they're not the same players anymore. Um He's been fairly poor this season. He's hit 20 goals in all competitions, 15 in the league, top goal scored in the league again. Um, just, I don't, I don't know how you replace him. I think I, I agree with you. I would like to lock him down on a, you know, give him an half five year extension, give him what he wants. Um, can't imagine. I'd like to think money's not the the motive for him that he maybe wants just to see a bit more investment in the team and be bringing more players on his on his level and with him. But I think he also likes being that star man, doesn't he? He kind of likes that. Like, he stepped up today knowing that there was no Bobby Firmino, there was no Manny. So he was, look, it's me. Look at me. Look what I can do. Well, he's definitely likes being the main man, doesn't he? But... Even when, when Firmino and Mane are in the team, Sada is still yeah. very much, look what I can do. But but that's that's why he gets the goals he does. I, I said to you, when we were chatting about him uh, before we started recording, like, uh, Jamie Redknapp after the game was kind of making the point that he, he, he doesn't, he didn't, he didn't always feel like Sada kind of gets the credit that, that he should get. And, I kind of I understood what he meant because obviously everyone knows that he's a great player. Everyone knows that, but when you talk about the best players in the world, like you 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 rarely hear his name put into that. But I, it should be because he's without a doubt one of the best players in the world. He's he well, got the numbers are just ridiculous. Well, people still think Hazard's better than him, so I mean that kind of tells you. Yeah, you know where people are thinking. People still genuinely look at him. Um, as like a Chelsea reject and things like that that he flopped in and he's just he's so cons- he's genuinely so consistent season after season since he's joined you know the numbers haven't changed yeah um, performances can go up and down but again I feel like that's just that's what you get out of those top players because when he's bad he's not even it's almost like he, we maybe even overlook it that you're just noticing teams are doing a better job of them. Luke Shaw in the two Man United games played the perfect game against them. 
Um, mm. So maybe give that credit, but that Salah tonight um, is is almost unplayable. You know, he just he looked so hungry, as Dave said on Thursday against Spurs. Without the goals, I would say he was probably better on Thursday um, as a performance. Um, but that second goal tonight was just phenomenal, and then the build-up play for the third goal um, that Wijnaldum uh, finished off, and obviously Wijnaldum is now free. Well, as of tomorrow, it's free to sign for any international team um, <laughs> on a free contract. So who knows what's happening there? So we can't sign anybody. Um, although it looks like we're going to sign. I don't know if you any guys. Ben White from Preston. It's Ben Davis, isn't it? Ben Davis, sorry. Yeah. I've never, I, I hadn't heard of him until they asked Klopp about him in the post-match interview. So I've got nothing to offer on that. Any ideas, Dave? Uh, no, I know he's a left-sided centre-back, but uh, right. he was he was meant to be going to Celtic, apparently, you know, on a pre-contract, but um, obviously didn't move quick enough and you're now paying a nominal sum to get him yeah, early. Yeah, I mean, it's an odd one, uh, I guess, but... At the same time, you wouldn't, unless you're going to go out and buy an actual, you know, world world class centre half, you want a stopgap, and you've proven that any any old centre halves will do basically because you've played basically everyone there except Klopp's granny, and if you haven't been any worse with <laughs> at the back, like it's bizarre. Yeah, well, my 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 only thing on it is obviously like everybody, all the Liverpool fan base seem quite happy, not happy, but content at getting this Ben Davies in. Um, now I'm not Mustafi's biggest fan by any stretch of the imagination let's not kid ourselves but he would have been free Arsenal are releasing him tomorrow, whenever the window closes it's like Arsenal are going to release him with and surely he would have been just as good an option to take for free well, even just till the end of the season I don't know I think <laughs> if, I, if Arsenal are getting rid of him mm. You've got to think as well, he hasn't played, so he can't be match fit, whereas Davies will be ready to go on Tuesday, probably. Like You're kind of in a sprint now, aren't you? And you just yeah. want players who are ready. You can play Ben Davies against... I feel it's just too little, too late, regardless. I mean... Well, as we said, as we said the other week, you're not going to win the Champions League with, with what you've got at your disposal at the minute. No. How uh, old is, is this Davies? Is he 20, a young lad? 20 what, sorry? 25, so he's not even... Oh, right, okay, so, okay. This is, the, this is the biggest one that didn't really make sense to me. Um, it's, if he was a youngster, you could understand it and think, well, maybe he'll develop, but yeah, it seems yeah, but strange. Again, if we're signing somebody young, then why not just stick with the two that he believes he's got that are good enough? Well, <laughs> I think that's the problem. He, I don't think he does believe the... Uh, the two young lads are good enough, yeah, does he? He's 25. Mustafi's 28. So, again, look, I, I know what you're saying, that Arsenal are getting rid of him. Arsenal are also still signing, keeping David Luiz. So, <laughs> their judgment isn't quite there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, like, when you leave it to the last day of the transfer window, you, it's almost like beggars can't be choosers. Um, Do you find it surprising that's been the case, though, considering that how not how long they they've known uh, you know with Van Dyke and Gomez being out like are you are you surprised or frustrated that they didn't have someone ready to go in that first week of January to bring in? Frustrated, yes. Surprised, no. Um, it took them till we literally had nobody who could kick a ball 
<laughs> to even decide that they needed centre halves. Um, yeah. Like you know, Matip got injured for the fifteenth time in January, um, and Fabinho had that muscle strain. Um, so to the point that like Jordan Henderson's now playing centre back, um, and Klopp even joked, which I'm not even sure he's joking, that Henderson might find himself playing <laughs> for the rest of his career. And I genuinely don't think that that's a joke. I, I, I honestly could see them try to transfer, transform Henderson to a permanent centre-back. Um, I, I do believe... The money's obviously there in the club in general, but the club, the owners have never been one for spending money that's not... came from somewhere else. We had a poor summer of selling players. Like, nobody... Nobody... We, we, we tried to sell Wilson, but we had a set price. Nobody was willing to pay, so we just put him out on loan instead. Um, somebody else was similar. Uh, who was the other player that we tried to sell? But again, just we, we overpriced them, so you end up going on loan, um, which is a bit naive. You know, surely something's better for none because their, their prices, the older they get, the shorter the contract. Unless they have remarkable seasons. You know, prices aren't going to go up. Um, I, I just don't see us making any any huge signings unless players leave, i.e. Salah sold, Manny sold. Um, I mean, Divacarigi is still a squad member. Um, <laughs> and he may be worse than Dominic Solanke. <laughs> but um, I've, I've never been a, an FSG out. Um, but generally, I think they've just took the club as far as this model can take them. Uh, and granted, it won us the league. I, I get that. But those few seasons that Liverpool and City had, you know, with those elite points, I genuinely believe those were freak seasons. You know, that's never going to be a consistent. Like, yeah. Those that those type of points and those type of consistencies, you know, it's not sustainable, especially when teams are improving. I mean, I've mentioned, like, obviously your squad, Dave, it's... I think it's much better than the position shown. How well you yourselves are doing at Aston Villa. Like even okay, yeah, we probably shouldn't lose to Burnley. <laughs> um, yeah. But losing to Southampton's not not a shock when you think about it. You know they play good football. They've got a good squad. Teams like Liverpool and they just can't survive on the squads that they try. They try to be clever about, especially with the owner. We got I, I say lucky when we sold Coutinho for like. 160, 170, I think it was. You know, and we bought really well with it. And that's been Liverpool's strength. But now that players are getting wise to, you know, to, to selling and to to buying, the market's becoming a lot tighter. They're not getting away with as frugal deals. Um, and that's where our ownership, you know, lets itself down. Because um, Liverpool aren't their, their main threat. They're running like a business. Ultimately, their goal was to sustain Liverpool, make it successful, get a lot of sponsorships and partnerships in, and ultimately sell for a massive profit. Because um, that's just good business. It's just what they do. Um, so I, I do think it's a... I mean, I don't think it'll be happening like this summer. I do think that's the, the medium-term goal of the owners. Mm, well, I mean... I do wonder as well, I and mean, they seem to make quite a big deal out of Davies being a left-sided centre-back, and I just wondered if it's they're looking at playing three in there. Um, 
possibly, but you know. You know, if, yeah. if, the, if they had, say, you know, Matip is the middle one, Henderson one side, this Davies lad the other, you've got your two wing-backs in there. Go back to Fabinho and midfield. Uh, well, almost, well, I mean, again, you've obviously got options in there. I just wonder if it's an option he's looking at to uh, expand the squad a bit because Van Dijk's not going back for quite a while. And obviously recently you've come into, into some problems playing against teams like, well, when we played a flat-back 10 against you, <laughs> didn't, didn't manage to break it down. He didn't really have another formation to go to. Might just be something he looks at. I, I noticed they seem to be identifying players who have got a, a high aerial duel um, win as well, which is obviously was kind of that's where we've conceded quite a few goals this year more than ever from aerial. It's like going back to 2015 again. Um, I think I, I seen Mustafi win 78% of his aerial duels. Uh, this Davis wins quite high proportion. And uh, is it Sven Botman was the oh, other yes, player who was seriously yeah. like he's he's got quite a high rate as well. So that seems to be the you know the type that they're going for for that aerial dominating player. It's to, it's to, it's to, to cover the loss of Van Dijk, Van Dijk isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, so yeah, look, I mean, we'll see. As I say, I I've wrote off watching football. Um, <laughs> I I just. It's not even just because of Liverpool. I've said it for ages that football's just pretty crap this season without fans, and it just it just draining on me. So once we lost that home record and the league was gone, it was like right, that's it. Hold enough, take a break. Um, it's been quite pleasurable. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> but we'll move off Liverpool, West Ham. I mean, West Ham. Let's like just a, a credit to West Ham for the season they're having, but. I think, as you mentioned, they've, they've got to go home very disappointed tonight for not making an effort. I would be, definitely. Yeah. Um, right, the, for me, the shock of the night, the shock of the weekend, um, Brighton won, Spurs nil. Um, Simon, I mean, I don't even know what to say here. <coughs> well, I mean... I watched the game and Tottenham got exactly what they deserved, which was sweet FA. I mean, they, <laughs> they they were awful. And Brighton, especially first half, Brighton played some really, really nice football. But I mean, that, that obviously won't come as a shock to any of us because I think we've all sat here every weekend going, don't Brighton play really good football? But they just haven't been able to make it count. But they've... Um, I think that's their third clean sheet in a row now. Uh, so, when, you know, when you combine that with the fact that they do play decent football, you know, if you're keeping clean sheets down the bottom and you're playing good football, you're going to be in with the chance of winning games. Um, they took the lead fairly early on and never really looked like they were going to concede at all. And, you know, we were saying after the Fulham-West uh, Brom draw yesterday, with Brighton winning this today, with Newcastle winning as well, that result did absolutely nothing for them. So I think there's a seven-point gap now between Brighton and Fulham in 18th. Um, and I don't see that changing, to be honest. I, I, I think that bottom three, as it is, will go. But from a Tottenham point of view, I don't know what's happened to them. The, the last a, a little graphic came up during the game. In the first 11 games of the season... 
and they won eight of them. This last nine now, they've only won two of the last nine games. Um, and with Harry Kane out now, obviously, for a few weeks with his annual ankle injury. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been... I'd be, I don't know. If, I, don't, I don't know how I'd feel as a Tottenham fan. I don't know. Would would I? Is it? Is it? Is this a blip that they're going to get over, or is this a cause of concern for the rest of the season? It's, I really don't know. I've no idea how their season's going to pan out. You talk about Vardy being vital for, for Leicester. I mean, this was like a vision of the future if uh, if Kane ever leaves Tottenham because they were absolutely clueless at the other end of the, the business end of the pitch. Um, Bale was non-existent again son you know can't do it by himself without anyone feeding him the you know the ball he's just he can't do it on his own um and then uh, i've had this thing about spurs for a while now where they've got all these players who've got no position so on come like lucas moura and lamella and it's like well you don't you don't play wide you don't play as a number 10 you just you just players who play in, in vaguely attacking positions yeah um, and unsurprisingly, they barely even had a chance. Like I can't remember a clear good chance, other than like a header from a corner, which the keeper saved, and this kind of crap. Like I think he made one quite good save from Bergwijn. I think it was he tipped it round the post. But yeah, apart from that, like, well, he's another one. Like Bergwijn came as a winger. I don't think he's ever played wide for them once. He just seems to play. <laughs> well, he just play there, and it's just like I'm sure there's a plan to it all, but it's just. I just, uh, I think Mourinho overcomplicates things sometimes. Um, whatever he was doing early on, which was basically get the ball to Kane, get the plane in behind, was working. Uh, and that doesn't seem to have happened as much in in recent weeks. Um, now, as you say, Kane's got his annual injury. It looks like it's going to be three or four weeks, um, depending on who you believe. It might be a very difficult three to four weeks for Tottenham without him, because... Uh, Last time this happened, they had Lorente, who was a big beanpole and was, you know, awkward, difficult to play against, and it was at least an option. But mm. Vin- Vinicius is, is nothing of the sort. Yeah, it's, um, I'm pretty sure we had this about Kane this time last year. Um, it's only going to be four four week injury. Um, I know Russian back is always. Um, it's it's going to be a Maybe a long end to the season for Spurs, um, and the Gareth Bale experiment just hasn't worked. If this is anybody oh. but Gareth Bale, this loan's been terminated. I, I watched him the other night. I get the impression that like he actually doesn't want to snap a hamstring in case he misses the the Euros for Wales. Like that's the impression yeah. I get from yeah. watching him. Like he just looks like he's just trying to keep himself generally quite Over. fit, but yeah. not but not ever bust a gut. Like it's it's a very odd way to. Uh, to play, but um, I don't know. He seems happy enough. <laughs> he's playing for a place in the Euros, isn't he? He's, he's well, got. Well, that's it. I mean, he, I get Tornan's only come round a couple of times in a lifetime for you know a Welshman, but mm-hmm. um, it just it just seems like an odd way to play with a handbrake on all the time. But I mean, he, he don't obviously he's going to be. Caught, you know, he's going to go to that tournament for Wales. But short, like, if it wasn't the name Gareth Bale and you were an international manager and you looked at that player's record over the last few years and his minutes on the pitch and his performances, you wouldn't have him anywhere near your squad. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 but when the, when the alternatives Hal Robson Cano, it's like, actually, Gareth, <laughs> yeah. everything, everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, do what you want. We'll see you in June. Just, just come fit. 
like, I mean, it, it wouldn't be tolerated in any other nation, um, <sighs> like any big nation, shall we say. But this is, these are the sort of performances. Like, if he was Scottish, it'd be the exact same thing. <laughs> you know, do what you want. Just, do you know? I I don't even know if he's actually got the physical capability to to even perform for them. He, even you know they'll they'll build try and build everything around him. He's he's just he's not the player he was. He's nowhere near the player he was. I don't think he's even got it in him. I think he needs to accept it. Sorry, I'll go on. I was just going to say, and you you actually quite well to touch on this. It's very Michael Owen esque. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it does a bit, a bit, a bit similar to that in, in the sense that he wants to play for his country rather than his club. Um, I just think he needs to accept that he needs to change his style of play because he hasn't got that burst of pace anymore. Um, I, saw, I mean, he could still have a perfectly good end of his career if he just changed how he plays. You could, come, you could play more centrally. You could, you could, you could even become a, d- a decent-ish striker, to be quite honest with you. Like it's, yeah, that's why he's going to have to go, surely. He's, you know, he's, he's fairly... Built bloke, he could he could play with his back to goal. I'm pretty sure if he wanted to. Um, very very good in the air as well. I was going to like say, yeah, good in the air, isn't he? His uh, days as a winger though for me, it's just not going to happen. Um, but then again, I think Wales just play him as a forward. Again, they're just kind of like right, you stand up there, yeah. and you <laughs> and you make things happen. <laughs> and, yeah, he's uh, with Ronaldo, isn't he? Like, uh, that's what Portugal do with Ronaldo. Just get the ball. I mean, like obviously as a as a Scotland fan, well, barely. Um, like players like Bale are the difference between Scotland and Wales. You know, Wales are no better than Scotland. It just so happens that their world-class player was in a better position than than Scotland's ones, um, and that's why they were getting the results that they got. Um, he just, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I really hope it's that he doesn't care. I really hope <laughs> that's not the case. Um, I, I hope it's that way where he just doesn't trust his body anymore and he's trying to protect it. Um, but, I mean... From, I mean, from his point of view, though, he's basically swapped sitting on the bench in a nice hot country sitting on the bench in the freezing cold and pissing rain every week. I, yes. I, don't, I don't understand what he's gaining, what he's gained from, from going to Tottenham. I get the impression like the Real Madrid team had pretty much like pissing his water bottle. I wasn't looking like he, <laughs> he was he was hideously disliked by all accounts. Like, <laughs> Do you think he's just holding out till Zidane's sacked and then he goes back and plays well, golf in Madrid well, instead of London? Well, I mean, unless they appoint Ryan Giggs, I don't think he's got anything to worry about there. Like, I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be a long old season for Spurs. Um, I think we'll round the weekend off there. I think uh, what we'll do, just quickly, to end the podcast, we will go to the midweek pictures. We'll not quite preview preview them. I can't even speak properly tonight. Um, but we will just go through the games and I'll get our one team home win, we win or draw from you guys. So, Simon, I'll come to you first. Steph United at home to West Brom on Tuesday. Uh, Sheffield United. Dave? Uh, yeah, same, I think. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a draw there. Um, next up, we have Wolves at home to Arsenal. Uh, Dave? A way win. He wins. Simon? Uh, yeah, probably just in the way win. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it a full house there. I'm going to sneak an Arsenal 1-0 there. Um, first game of the evening games, we have Man United at home to Southampton. 
Um, I'm going to take a Southampton one day and get back on track. Simon? Um, United, unfortunately. Uh, I think if this game had been a month ago, it might have been the way of win, but I think it'll be Man United. All right, I'll come straight back to yourself then, Dave, the last game of the evening. Newcastle home at Crystal Palace. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's the type of game we should win. And I think if we play it the right way, we will win. But yeah, that's a home win. Just why not? <laughs> Simon. It's the type of game they should win. It's the type mm. of game that they play like they can, they they will win. I'm going to go for a draw. I'm, I'm, well, I'm going balls out. Newcastle win 2-0. <laughs> uh, I've got faith, Dave, even if you don't. Right, we'll move on to the Wednesday night then. And... Um, you're right, break my heart, gentlemen. Uh, we'll start off at Turf Moat. Burnley at home in Man City. Dave, go on. Handsome away win. <laughs> and Simon. <laughs> what he said. <laughs> well, Sean Dyke's masterclass for me. Burnley for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, Simon, you're next. Uh, Fulham against Leicester. Fulham at home. Ooh. If Leicester had Vardy, I'd be going for them all the way. I'm going to go for a draw here. I think Fulham will, will sneak a point out of this. And David? Yeah, Fulham won the reverse fixture, didn't they? Um, they did. I think, I think Fulham might win. Yeah, me too. 2-1, two, one, two, one, Fulham win for me. Um, next up, we have the bosses leads against, um, I wonder how confident he is this week, Adam. Um, <laughs> uh, leads at home. Dave? Um, yeah, Leeds win. Yeah, Simon? Leeds win, but a 3 0 Everton wouldn't surprise me. But yeah, <laughs> Leeds, Leeds win. Yeah, yeah, Leeds for me, just because I can't purely say the other team's going to win. Um, <laughs> right, Simon, I better come to you first on this one. Aston Villa at home at West Ham. Uh, yeah, I'm actually fairly confident with this. When we played them at their place, I, I know we lost, but I, I don't know how. So uh, yeah, I'm going to go for a bit of win 2 0. Dave? Uh, yes, I think it's one of those games where the styles match up perfectly for Villa. I think they'll win. Uh, oh, I'm I'm going to break the duck. I'm, I'm going for a West Ham win. Um, I generally, just think West Ham are going to be hurting, and David Moyes is going to show his actual managerial side because it's a game he's not expected to win. Um, <laughs> and last game of the evening, Liverpool home to Brighton, Simon. Uh, Liverpool, they're back on form now. So as as well as Brighton, will probably play. Liverpool <laughs> will win. And Dave. Yep, same Liverpool win. Yeah, same nothing. So we'll move on from that. Um, Spurs v Chelsea. Then Dave, last for the game of the week. Uh, I think it'll be nil nil because it's the two of the big six. Simon. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was going to say a Chelsea win, but Dave, Dave just reminded me it's two of the big six. So yeah, it's going to be a shite nil-nil again, isn't it? I'm going for a Spurs win, just purely because Chelsea are playing against a top, a top team and they just don't win those. Well, that is the run of fixtures. Um, Simon, let everybody know where they can find you online. Uh, yeah, on Twitter, at Sio Regan. And Dave? Yeah, Twitter is at CM9798. Thank you. And you can find the podcast and the Man in the Post at Man in the Post on all your social media platforms. Um, if you're Apple, give us a five-star rating and review. And any other platform provider, just um, give us whatever review rating system they've got. Uh, Chris, Adam and the gang will be back on Thursday with the review show. Dave, any 
FM Chapman pod, hey, pods coming? Yeah, it's recorded. I just need the boss man to uh, come and do some some intros with us. So hopefully this week. Perfect. And uh, I'm trying to think when the Football Manager podcast. So it'll either be out this week or next week. So I think that's every two weeks. Um, so apart from that, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me as always. Cheers, thank Alan. you. And always remember to keep your man in the post. Thank you.